0: Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This morning our Lord gives us a parable about the kingdom of heaven. A parable about a king who's trying really hard to get people to come to a feast. The marriage of his son. He sends out servants. To call all those who are invited to the wedding. In this first round of invitations, he gets no RSVPs. Nobody says, yes, I'm willing to come. Again, he sends out servants saying, tell those who are invited. You know, I have prepared everything. We have oxen, the fatted cattle. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding. This repetition Sends out his first invitation. Nobody responds. He sends out his second invitation. And in this invitation, it's almost like he takes a picture. Here's everything laid out that we have for you. There is a feast. Really, why won't you come to the feast? The fatted calf has been killed. The response this time is not silence. But as the gospel tells us, some make light of it and they just go about their business One to his farm, another to keep on with his own business. But some actually take the servants, beat them up, and even kill them. The king's response this time is that he goes out with his armies and destroys the murderers and burns their cities. So a third time's a charm. He's going to send out his servants again because there are those who have made light of it There are those who have even killed his servants. This loving repetition that our Lord again and again, first time sends out, second time even more, third time he's going to just open up the doors completely. But this response to the second one with all even the pictures attached, here's the food that is being served that we have the response of that they made light of it. Like it was no big deal to get an invitation from a king to a wedding feast. Wedding feast at this time, this was not like a two-hour reception where you have to get out, uh, or, you know, it's a cash-only liquor bar. We're talking about, like, this is days. It's not cash-only, it's already been paid for, right? Like this is the feast. God again and again in his loving call, come to the feast. And the response that really struck out, stuck out to me this time in reading and hearing this gospel, is that they made light of it. No big deal. Today we commemorate St. Maximus the Confessor, who is one of the great shining beacons of theology and orthodoxy for the Orthodox Church. There is uh, much incredible depth to St. Maximus. There's also, in all of the depth of St. Maximus, there is a simplicity that crystallizes around the love of God and love of neighbor. For as much as he goes to the heights of theologizing, he always brings it back to the basic message of the gospel. If you were to read St. Maximus, one of the places that I would suggest that you read St. Maximus would be his Four Centuries on Love, where this kind of text was written to be read uh, slowly. It's 400 texts. So 100, 100, 100, 100. And you're to slowly read through it, chew on it, because you might need the 3rd century, 36 saying, to help enlighten and give uh, breath to something that you read earlier. But here, how St. Maximus defines love. Love is a holy state of the soul, disposing it to value knowledge of God above all created things. We cannot attain lasting possession of such love while we are still attached to anything worldly. St. Maximus is very strong on the idea that if we truly love God, we cannot have an attachment, an unnecessary attachment to things of this world. Because when the call of God comes, come to the wedding feast, we're not going to make light of it because our love is going to hear God calling us and we're going to respond. St. Maximus further, if everything that exists was made by God and for God, And God is superior to the things made by him. He who abandons what is superior and devotes himself to what is inferior shows that he values things made by God more than God himself. This is him expanding a little bit of what he was talking about earlier. Anyone who chooses to abandon the love of God for anything inferior, let's say God is up here beyond all being, He's created everything, and if we are love and attached to things that are lesser down, let's say, the ladder, then we don't have true love for God himself. And a word from Maximus about those who kill, because this, as you can hear this, you can start thinking, is St. Maximus saying that basically all I should do with all of my time is just attend to God and do let everything else just kind of go by the wayside? Well, St. Maximus and this attachment to God that we have to love our brothers and sisters. Here's St. Maximus if we detect any trace of hatred in our hearts against any man whatsoever for committing any fault, covering all bases, if we have any trace of hatred, we are utterly estranged from the love for God. Since love for God absolutely precludes us from hating. Any man. Further, St. Maximus says, blessed is he who can love all men equally. Lord have mercy. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we need the voice of the saints to be able to take what scripture says and on face value is like, yes, I understand that. I'll apply that. And the saints go, are you sure? Let's let's bring out the logic of scripture here. If you have hatred for anyone, for any reason, and if you don't love all men equally, you are not blessed. Further, St. Maximus, these are all just from the four centuries on love. He who has genuinely renounced worldly things and lovingly and sincerely serves his neighbor is soon set free from every passion and made a partaker of God's love and knowledge. The ladder up to the love of God is found in our neighbor that when we renounce worldly things when we put aside our pride which for him self-love is the big sin for saint maximus self-love is what prevents us from loving others self-love is what prevents us from actually attending to others because what is self-love? Oh, oh, this is a nice thing. I'll get into this thing. Or oh, what does my belly want this time? Or what time is it? I think I'll take a nap. Somebody's calling me. You know, who needs help? I'll avoid that. Etc. 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 This is the kind of love that Saint Maximus points to that allows us, when we hear the call from God, to not make light of it, or to turn and kill, or to spitefully use we get now everyone has come to the wedding feast, the bad and the good, Scripture tells us. And the king comes in to see the party, and he finds a man without his wedding garment. Now, wedding garments were something that were handed out when you entered into the party. So at some point, this man has decided to take off the gift that has been given to him. In our tradition, in the baptism we have all the parallels made with the baptismal garment putting on a white garment as our wedding garment here at one of the litanies from the baptismal servant service that they may preserve their baptismal garment in earnest to the spirit pure and undefiled until the dread day of Christ our god let us pray to the lord later in one of the prayers we pray for the one who is to be baptized to make them a reason endowed sheep of the holy flock of thy Christ, an honorable member of thy church, a consecrated vessel, a child of the light and an heir of thy kingdom, that having lived in accordance with thy commandments and preserved inviolate violet the seal, kept their garment undefiled and may receive the blessedness of the saints in thy kingdom. We've all been invited into the wedding feast We've been given a garment through baptism and it is up to us, of course, with the influence and operation and help of God and the Holy Spirit to keep the wedding garment on and to keep it undefiled. We hear this in the church service, the baptismal service. This is living in accordance to the commandments, preserving and violet the seal. This is how we keep the garments Undefiled, So that Christ, as we heard in the litany on that dread day, does not find us without our wedding garment. What is the theme during Holy Week, but to ask that we be ready for the bridal chamber. I'm going to read from the earliest work of St. Maximus the Confessor, and a letter to friends in Constantinople as he was abroad in North Africa where he explicates this need of love and keeping of the wedding garment. For the sake of love, the saints all resist sin continually, finding no meaning in this present life and enduring many forms of death, that they may be gathered to themselves from this world to God and unite in themselves the torn fragments of nature. This is the true and blameless divine wisdom of the faithful, the goal of which is the good and the true. For it is good to love mankind and right to love God in accordance with faith. These are the marks of love, which binds human beings to God and to one another, and therefore possesses an unfailing continuance of good things. You, who have become blessed and most genuine lovers of this divine and blessed way, Fight the good fight until you reach the end, clinging fast to those qualities that will assure your passage to love's goal. I mean love of humankind, brotherly and sisterly love, hospitality, love of the poor, compassion, mercy, humility, meekness, gentleness, patience, freedom from anger, long-suffering, perseverance, kindness, forbearance, goodwill, peace towards all. Out of these and through these the grace of love is fashioned, which leads one to God who deifies the human being that he himself fashioned. For love, says the divine apostle, rather Christ speaking these things through the apostle, is long-suffering and kind, not jealous or boastful, is not puffed up or rude, does not insist on its way, is not irritable, does not think evil, nor rejoice in injustice, but rejoices in the truth. Love endures all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Since it possesses God, who is alone, unfailing and unalterable, Love works in such a way in those who live in accordance with it that it approves of you sayings through the prophet Jeremiah. this is Maximus quoting Jeremiah. I say to you, this is the way of my commandments and the law that endures forever. All who hold her the commandments fast will live and those who forsake the commandments will die. Take her the commandments, my child, and walk towards the shining of her light. Do not give your glory to another or your advantages to an alien people. But blessed are you, because you know what is pleasing to God. Learn where there is wisdom, where there is strength, where there is understanding, where there is length of days and life, where there is light for the eyes and peace. And I have come to you in the way and appeared to you from afar. Therefore, I have loved you with an everlasting God. This is God speaking. And in pity, I have had mercy on you, and I will build you, and you shall be built. And you shall go forth in the dance of the merrymakers, that you may stand by the roads and look and ask for the eternal paths of the Lord. And you will know where the good way is and walk in it and find sanctification for your soul. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.